Hello, everybody. We are back. It is January 5th, 2021, and uh, you probably won't be hearing this until the next day, so it'd be January 6th for you, but we are back. It is a new year. Hope you guys had a good new year. Hope you had a good Christmas and, I don't know, Hanukkah, whatever else you guys, Festivus. Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Festivus. I'll say Mm -hmm. it again. If you actually celebrate Festivus, please let us know in the comments because... We're big Seinfeld fans, but we don't celebrate it. I actually don't know anybody who does celebrate it, but if I find that person, that would be awesome. So let us know. Um, yeah, so hope you guys had a good time. We took a little vacation. We went up to uh, North Carolina. Burnsville is where we stayed. Not much in Burnsville, but it was a cool little cabin. And then we, uh, we for New Year's Eve, we went over to Gatlinburg. Yeah, that's yeah. what we did. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. I don't know. How did you feel about North Carolina, Tennessee? It was just a nice change of pace and change of weather. I mean, the weather, I wish it was a little colder. It was like surprisingly warm. Like the first day we were there, it was pretty cold. And then the second day, it was a high of 60. (laughs) So that I was like, what? Yeah. And the whole goal was for us to find snow. Our kids have never seen snow. Mm-hmm. So the whole goal was to go up there and find snow. And there was some on the ground. We took them tubing and that was pretty fun, but we didn't actually get snow. But I think they got snow like the week before, right? Mm-hmm. For Christmas. Yeah. So we missed the snow, um, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, I think that's normal for there anyway. I don't think there's normally snow at this time right. of year. For them to have snow a week before it was abnormal, yeah. but uh, still we missed it. It was but, in the mountains. Yeah, it was, it was cool. So Gatlinburg was interesting i think i've gone through gatlinburg but i never spent like that much time there before it's definitely a tourist trap (laughs) absolutely a tourist trap um it reminds me of like old town in orlando but like way bigger and way touristier but it was good i think the kids had a good time took a little ski lift thing up to anakista that was cool um yeah and now we're back and it's i think we came back and it was like 80 degrees in florida (laughs) it's disgusting so, but yeah, we're back and um, kind of getting ready to tackle the new year. Got a lot of things on our plate. Uh, you're finishing up your master's, or you will this year, hopefully. And uh, channel is getting really close to getting monetized. And uh, we'll have more information for you guys soon on all of that, because I think we're getting ready to take some bigger steps, but we're not quite there yet. Maybe in the next month or so, we'll have a little bit more information. But um, yeah, keep your eye on that. Um, I should have a travel vlog up hopefully by the end of the week, if not early next week. I just haven't unpacked my office and got all my footage on my computer yet, but that's coming. Uh, and then more theology videos uh, to come after that. So, uh, yeah. So we were talking about in the car on the way home. I think it was on the way home asking our kids. Um, you know, they're both in, well, one's in middle school now, one's in elementary school, but they're getting grown pretty quick. And I asked them if they had like any New Year's resolutions and they're like, what's a resolution? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I just told them like any goals or plans that you, uh, that, you know, they could possibly have. Uh, And of course, like most middle schoolers and elementary schoolers, they didn't really have much. I can't, they said something silly. I can't remember what it was. They said, make money on Fortnite. (laughs) Oh yeah. They want to be like professional Fortnite players, which if you have a middle schooler, I'm sure that you can relate to that. (laughs) yeah they want to win money on Fortnite. that is the goal and i totally support that if they can support (laughs) me by Fortnite, i'm i'm all in but uh yeah i know that's a slim margin of people who can do that so but anyway so i was thinking about like new year's 
a lot of people make resolutions to, I don't know, lose weight, make more money, get a promotion, all that stuff. Um, and that's cool. I don't think we're doing any of that. Uh, as far as like losing weight, we're literally eating Dairy Queen ice cream, or ice cream right now as we're filming <laughs> this podcast. So it's if you true. hear any weird noises, it's, it's ice cream being enjoyed and indulged. Um, but yeah, so I was thinking about, you know, we, we have a new year coming up. Everybody seemed to hate 2020. I know you and I talked about this. Our 2020, although it was weird, there's a lot of weird stuff that we had to navigate, like COVID, like churches, and, and all that other stuff that's going on. It wasn't like the worst year of my life. Yeah. And, and I know maybe for, it was for some people, and I don't want to demean anybody who had a horrible year because they got sick or a family member died or they lost their job or got furloughed or, or whatever, because uh, we do have family who this is rough on. Um, mm-hmm. We have, uh, I have an uncle who lives out in LA. He was here for Christmas. And I mean, LA shut down. I mean, they can't do anything, which is really weird because here in Florida, we can go to the movies, you can go to restaurants, you can go to bars, but there are people who are way more impacted um, in other places. So I definitely feel for you. But as far as us and our family goes, 2020 was weird and we had to navigate it, but it wasn't like the worst year of my life. So I don't have this big man, 2020 was the worst thing ever. 2021, I got to step it up. It's got to be so much better. I feel like I'm coming into this year like I do with most years. I mean, I, I feel a little bit more focused. I, I know some things I want to accomplish this year, but it's not like I'm trying to overcome last year's massive deficit in my life. Uh, would I like to make more money? Obviously, everybody would like to make more money. Um, you know, are there some goals that I want to accomplish? Sure. But uh, 2020 didn't ruin my life. Um, but I do understand that it was rough on a lot of people. So let us know in the comments how your 2020 was. I haven't specifically asked a lot of people that question. <clears throat> I think the general sentiment is that it was so bad. But um, I'd be very interested to see how most people feel about their 2020. Yeah, I just, I've heard m- most people, like especially in sermons and things like that, just people being like, it was the worst. And, and it's funny because sometimes I know the people we're talking about how bad it was but and it's they didn't even have like deaths in the family or anything so i'm like why why was it so bad for you but i mean maybe there's always things that i don't see you know you can't just judge and i know i think financially is a big thing for people mm -hmm, i mean we know a lot of people who were furloughed or laid off or you know or just had to take pay cuts or or whatever so i know financially it was rough um and you know stimulus checks and all that that's kind of a weird thing this year we got 1200 kind of right out of the gate to help everybody. And then we went, what, like nine months with no government assistance yeah, and then wow. to get a $600 check uh, per individual uh, later. I know that upset a lot of people, especially uh, if you look at that uh, in relevance to what other countries are doing to help their, you know, their people. So I don't want to get into too much of the politics of it, but I do know that um, a lot of those stresses are from the financial side of things. Uh, we have friends who run small businesses and, uh, you know, they were potentially on the verge of shutting down. And, and so everybody kind of had to navigate that a little bit different. But um, so, yeah, now we are going into 2021 and kind of looking forward to the future. Uh, I know my wife and I, we've been talking about some plans as far as uh, what we want to do ministry wise. If you don't know, the whole idea of me starting the YouTube channel and this podcast was basically we had come out of a season uh, roughly three years at a church about an hour and a half away from here, and it did not end well. It didn't end well um, 
Not because of anything we did. There was just a lot of ridiculous circumstances that happened in the church world that I'm sure most of you have dealt with at one point or another if you're a Christian. Um, and it, I don't want to say it burnt us, like it pushed us away from ministry, but I think it made me at least recalibrate and rethink like there's got to be better ways. There's got to be ways to communicate the gospel there's got to be ways to love people, educate people, uh, and kind of get rid of some of that bad thinking without it having to fit into this very narrow category, at least in America, of the Sunday morning experience or the Wednesday night or, or whatever your church does. I don't have an issue with church, but I do think a lot of churches and church communities become echo chambers. So you can't really get outside of what you've been taught your whole life. I mean, my wife and I talk about our eschatology and the, you know, the end time belief systems and just stuff we were taught as kids. And we were never even taught the opposite side of the coin. It was like, this is the only thing that exists. Well, if you grow up and you start digging around, you find out there's entire different worlds out there of theology uh, if you are willing to be exposed to it. And unfortunately, the churches that my wife and I grew up in we're not really interested in exposing us to that. They were interested in exposing us to uh, one lane of theology, and, and that was it. So we come out of this three-year uh, period of ministry where I felt like we did a lot of good things. We made a lot of headway. We, we did some good things. We helped a lot of people, and we made some really good connections, all for it to be abruptly just shut down for no other reason than uh, church politics and money. I mean, that's really what it all came down to, and it, it just... We watched it hurt a lot of people. We watched it burn a lot of people. And we were helpless because we had been employed by a church to serve these people. But now that the money and the organization was gone, we didn't really have an avenue to do that anymore. And we kind of had to run back to Lakeland with our tail between our legs and figure out, okay, what's next? And so this channel, the podcast, everything was kind of born out of this idea of how can we continue to continue to minister to people uh, without necessarily having to go the traditional church route. And what's cool about that is we get to explore some topics, some ideas, uh, some theologies that maybe uh, you haven't been exposed to in your faith journey. I know I wasn't exposed to them until at least my mid-20s, if not later. And there's still new things that I'm stumbling upon. And I think if we're not willing to have these conversations about different ideas, even if you don't agree with them, if we're not willing to have these conversations, uh, we're just going to get stuck and we're going to be in an echo chamber. So the whole point behind this channel is to do a ministry that doesn't need a building. It doesn't need a board of elders. It doesn't need a tithe. It doesn't need all the garbage that I feel like a lot of times can hold the church down. It can just kind of stand up on its own. We can make some videos. Um, we can do some podcasts. We can interview some people. We can travel a little bit, see some stuff, do some research. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, we are really just freed up to do ministry, and we're only really accountable to you to the people who listen, to the people who watch. And we do take that seriously. We're not just out here to, you know, make a name for ourselves or rattle every cage we can, but we do want to help people. We do want to serve people. We do want to educate people, but it's really cool being able to do that in an avenue that doesn't chain us up, to, you know, to do that. So um, as we're looking forward to 2021, I know my wife and I have a lot of plans of like, okay, how can we organize this better? How can we really use our talents and our giftings to push this forward? What can we do um, to make the ground we've already gained uh, bigger and have more exposure so that 
I, I guess for me, I know there's a lot of people out there, a lot of Christians, who are kind of done with the church game. Uh, good people. They love people. They have a you know a good head on their shoulders. They have families. They have spouses. They have kids. They work good jobs. But they're just done with the church. And it stinks for me to watch people somewhat walk away from their faith. Maybe they would. Maybe they wouldn't say they walked away from their faith. But it stinks for me to watch those people do that because of the organization because of the church, rather than they have an issue theologically or an issue with God or an issue with Jesus. I, I Typically, that's not the case. They have an issue with the church. And I've really found <clears throat> a lot of people that we're connecting with are those kinds of people saying, man, like, man, I've never heard this before. I walked away from the church. Maybe I'll go every once in a while, Christmas, Easter, whatever. Um, but this is becoming a source of... Um, I don't want to say ministry because it just sounds so corny, but just a source of like information and education uh, that they're honestly not getting because they've either walked away from the church or they just decided to stop listening. And I typically side and agree with those people because I totally get where they're coming from. Um, so really, we're trying to figure out how can we serve that demographic of people, which is a lot. There's a ton of people out there who are still interested in Jesus, but the church has totally turned them off. So how do we serve that demographic of people? And then how do we serve the demographic of people who are still in the church, but just totally not happy with where they're at? They feel like they're stuck. They don't feel like they're learning. They can't ask questions because uh, you know they get looked down at or they get scolded or whatever. How do we serve that demographic of people who haven't necessarily walked away yet, but are looking for more? Um, and those are the answers we're trying to solve. And, and those are the things we're trying to organize and, and kind of come up with. Uh, ideas to be able to serve those people. I know the Bible is very clear that we shouldn't forsake the gathering of us, but that doesn't mean church on Main Street, USA. It didn't mean it when the Bible was written, and it definitely doesn't mean it now. Does that mean there's anything wrong with church on Main Street, USA? Absolutely not. It's cool. Fine. Do that. And if that's where your community is and you feel like it's healthy, awesome. You found a good thing. The problem is there's so many Christians out there where that's not healthy for them. It's not benefiting them. It's not growing them. Uh, but they're told if they walk away from it, they're being bad Christians because the Bible says so. And it's just not true. So I wonder if we can create a space online through video, through audio, through different kinds of media that serves those people, that helps those people, that better educates them so that if they ever do decide to go back into a church, they're stronger and better for it. And if they don't decide to go back to church because they can't find a good one or they just have so many disagreements with the church, they're still getting fed. Uh, and that's really the main goal of what we're trying to do. Um, I guess it wouldn't be too early to talk about, do you kind of want to um, just give us a little hint and teaser on, we've been talking about, for those of you who don't know, my wife is a kindergarten teacher. Um she loves it. It's my nightmare, but she loves it. Uh, put me in a room with like 25-year-olds, right? They're five yeah. and six. Yeah. That, that's my nightmare. I, I would not know <laughs> what to do. They're, they're, the, the place would burn down. But she loves it, and she's really good at it, and she communicates well with them. Um, and so we've been talking about how we can kind of merge our ideas and our giftings together. And so we've, we're at the very beginning planning stages of talking about what would it look like if we created a children's curriculum in the vein of what we talk about as adults uh, on a daily or weekly basis. So basically the same things you're hearing on the podcast, the same things you're seeing in the videos, how can we boil that down for, what would you say, elementary age? Mm -hmm. How can we boil that down for them to be 
begin to get the concepts that we're trying to teach so that when they get a little bit older, they're not just learning Bible stories. They're not just learning two animals in an ark. They're understanding, oh, here's the ideas and here's the reasons why these things were happening. Now, we're not trying to like turn your five-year-old into like a, you know, a seminary scholar. We're just trying to introduce them to some concepts that we feel are honestly lacking for most churches and most kids' curriculum. Now, my wife is way more educated than that. She's served in children's ministry pretty much all of your adult life, right? Yeah. Um, I've only seen it from afar. I've been... Uh, you know, I've been a lead pastor before, so I was kind of over the children's curriculum, but I, I never really put my hand in it. I just trusted you or the other people who were implementing it to do it. So it's definitely not my forte, um, but theology is breaking some of these concepts down is. And then if she's able to take some of these concepts and communicate them well to kids, uh, I think that could be a really neat thing. So we are in the beginning stages of planning that. Um, but I, I don't know if you want to talk any more about that and just let them know like what this could potentially look like, how, how we plan on rolling it out. I, I don't know what kind of information you want to put out there for what this is. Um, I feel like you said a lot Always. <laughs> of what, what it is and what the purpose and the goal. Um, like he said, I've done a lot of s- stuff <laughs> with kids. I've, I've run a VBS. I, I ran a kid's ministry for three years. Um, on top of just volunteering in the kids' department. Um, there's a lot of great curriculums um, that I've seen, like quality-wise, uh, production-wise. There's a lot of really great, cool kids' curriculums out there, like top-notch, awesome. Um, but we kind of wanted to focus, like he said, to focus on, I guess, more of the content rather than the flashiness. Not that we want to lack in... Um, quality, but we want to help build a foundation from a younger age instead of you being 25 years old and then realizing there's more. Right. Because what I'm noticing in my not dealing with children and and a lot of this theology we're trying to bring to the table, you hit a 25-year-old with this all at once, it's like shell shock. They're like, Mm -hmm. whoa. The two responses I see happen most often is oh my gosh, why have I never heard this before? Give me more. Or, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're saying this. I've never heard this before. Therefore, it must be heresy. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's total shell shock. It's total just brand new to a lot of these people. And if you are a, and I don't want to down anybody's Christianity or faith journey, but if you are a Sunday school Christian, if that's where the majority of your understanding of the Bible comes from, from just basic stories, uh, simple, big idea sermons that you hear on a Sunday morning, you're not going to get a lot of that theological depth that can take you a long way. And I, and I always feel like that's worth stressing. I think a lot of times people think the, theological depth is for the theologians. And obviously, those are the people kind of making headway, but... There's so many people who are struggling in their faith and in their Christianity because they lack the depth that would root them and ground them. And uh, a lot of it turns into, my wife and I talk about this all the time, their Christianity a lot of times can just be summed up in in sentiment. Oh, I feel like God loves me. Oh, I feel, um, you know, like I have faith. Oh, I feel like, and their Christianity is so based around what they feel because they lack, they lack the depth and the knowledge to actually be rooted in what they believe. And so the problem is, 
oh, I feel like God loves me, but then something bad happens in their life, and now they don't feel like God loves them as much. And because they're not rooted in a theological understanding of why God loves them, what the covenants were all about, what God's relationship to man was all about, because they lack that, the only thing they have left is a feeling. And a feeling will leave you empty every single time. So we want to push past that. I don't want everybody to quit their jobs to become a scholar. That's not the goal. But we want to give people enough depth and rootedness to be able to understand how to actually do this thing called the faith journey instead of honestly just being at the whims of life. Because if you walk through life as a Christian with, I feel life is going to beat you up because there's so much more than just feelings uh, when it comes to our faith journey. And and we can talk about that in another video or whatever, but that that's kind of the whole idea. When I hit you know, the 25-year-olds, the 30-year-olds with a lot of this theology at once, it just freaks them out. It's like they've never seen it, they've never heard it, and they don't know what to do with it. So the idea of trying to work this into a children's curriculum, maybe later a middle school and high school curriculum, is to expose people to these concepts and ideas at a younger age. That way, when they're ready to dive into it, maybe in their 20s, in their 30s, whenever, um, they're a little bit more braced for it. They have a little bit more of a taste for it. And they're like, oh yeah, I remember hearing that once when I was a kid or whatever, versus uh, two by two on an arc, yay, Noah, rainbow. You know, there's <laughs> way more. And, and I don't want to down that. Like, it's cool that we give our kids those coloring sheets in, in Sunday school and, and, and that's fine, but there's more than that. So what if we can start peppering the more into a children's curriculum? And I think the whole thing is we want to keep it fun. We want to have the production value high like these other uh, kids' curriculums are, but we want to make sure there's a depth to it, and we don't ever want to sacrifice that. And I think that's the, th the key thing that we want to focus on when we're talking about making a kids' curriculum is depth first, production, fun, not second, and not an afterthought, but definitely just not putting depth in the background and exposing the kids to some of these concepts. Yeah, I think that's how a normal kids' curriculum is set up. Not set up, but it's more of like the flashiness and then the, like, it's very surface level. I think a lot of, well, a lot of kids' curriculum and a lot of what's taught in, I mean, even to adults, um, they don't have a good understanding of God and our relationship with God and, and just a lot of things, um, you know, we talk about in in your channel and on the podcast so I think, yeah, just starting off young, like being a kindergarten teacher in kindergarten and first grade, those are kind of the ages where you're like teaching kids letter sounds and like how to read. If they don't learn those sounds, they're going to be in second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, not reading like these. So I think it's kind of like that in the kids curriculum, like if they learn more about the relationship rather than just the stories, if they learn like God's intentions and his heart and who he is and um, like just how he loves us, if they learn that better rather than like, like God killed a bunch of animals and 10 plagues, like right. if there's a better understanding of, of why, right. Right, I right. think it'll leave them better off in the long run. Well, and, you know, I, I hadn't really thought about this until you were talking about, like, the sounds and building letters and, and building the phonetic skills to be able to read later. Um, <clears throat> I think almost that is pretty much universally understood, right? 
from most education globally, I would say that, you know, your early years are very formative, that that, that is the building blocks and the foundation of what you will take into your adulthood, as far as education goes, and really anything. I mean, five-year-olds start picking up how their parents talk to each other, they Mm -hmm. start picking up a sense of humor. I mean, all of these things start getting shaped in that time. Why wouldn't we take those formative years and say, hey, let's sprinkle some good theology in there so that they're ready and they, we start to build a base foundation for them so that as they get older, they, they are spiritually literate, I guess would be a fun analogy to put to it. it. If these are their formative years, let's not waste it. You know, What do they say the best time to teach uh, somebody a new language is like seven years old or something like that maybe even younger yeah um and that's the best time because as adults we have a really hard time backtracking our brain to pick up all this new information and but as kids they're just sponges they're ready to eat it up so this seems like a critical and um a perfect time to start showing them some of these concepts so that they can have these spiritual building blocks that they're going to take into middle school high school college and then eventually adulthood. Uh, And then hopefully, and this might just be a cut, but I'll just say it. Hopefully, if we can start building, um, not just with this curriculum, but just this general idea of actually like raising our kids up with like spiritual awareness and understanding, we can slowly chip away at that, you know, surface level Christianity that we seem to be kind of surrounded with nowadays. I don't know if that's a cut on the individuals who are there. I don't know if that's a cut on the individual churches or just the overall state of American Christianity, but it seems that's where we're at nowadays. And I think if we start young and we aren't afraid to really go deep in a way that a five, six, seven-year-old would understand, I think it could be highly beneficial. And I just haven't heard many people talking about kids' curriculum in that way. And I will say it first off, this is not necessarily my cup of tea. I love theology. I love breaking these concepts down, but I'm really going to depend on my wife and if she decides to pull in other people uh, with this project to really find a way to communicate these concepts because I don't know how to communicate, you know, old covenant versus new covenant theology to a five-year-old, but I'm sure she'll find a way to do it in a way that's fun, interesting, and that will give them a spiritual backbone that they can then take into their later years. So I hope you guys had a good 2020 and are looking forward to a good 2021. Like I said, we are very close to getting the YouTube channel monetized. Um, I think... Yeah, you need a thousand subscribers and you need 400,000 watch time minutes. And we're pushing really close to both of those metrics. Once those metrics are reached, uh, YouTube, not well, it is YouTube, but through Google, uh, they go through, I don't know, like a two week approval process. Um, they just want to make sure you're not a bot or like spreading hate speech or something like that. Uh, and then pretty much once you get through that approval process, then you can start monetizing your videos. And all that means for you guys as the uh, watchers and listeners is, you know, before you click a video, uh, it'll just have a quick 30 second ad, just like every other uh, YouTube video that you're watching right now. And actually this year, YouTube is implementing a new policy that even channels that aren't monetized, YouTube is going to start putting ads at the beginning of the videos anyway. So you're going to have to watch the ads regardless. 
I'll just make a little bit uh, of money off of that so that we can continue to do things like create college curriculum. Um, why did I say college? Children's <laughs> curriculum. Um, <clears throat> and I don't know, man, what have we sunk so far into like the studio and all the equipment? We're probably $10,000 plus into creating this and really making it what it is. Um, and we love doing it. So it's, it's not... Um, it's not something every day we're kicking ourselves in the head about, but um, starting to get a little financial kickback for some of this is is going to help us and free us up to do a lot more. And I will let you guys know a little bit more about what our plans are financially for the future, because uh, I think we have some really cool things ahead of us, uh, but I don't want to get too ahead of myself. I would say we're still a month or two out from that. Um, so yeah, uh, you know we're excited about 2021. We're excited about really pushing the concepts of what we're trying to do. <clears throat> I'll cut right here. Hold on. <clears throat> that ice cream I just got in my throat. And I know we've said it before, uh, but just to kind of reinforce that the whole idea of this is to really push back against bad church, bad religion, bad Christianity. Not talking about the individuals. We're not talking about pastors. We will never take a shot at anybody individually. But we have, uh, I believe, like Jesus, we have no issue taking shots at the organizations that we believe are hurting people, that we believe aren't sharing the gospel correctly. Uh, And that's really what we want to do. We want to be an outlet for people who kind of have that same angst saying, man, there's got to be more to Jesus in this. There's got to be more than uh, what I'm getting out of my church life, out of my faith journey, out of my Christianity. There's got to be more. Um, if we can help be the 1% of that more, I feel like we're doing a good thing. So we will let you guys know in the future what our plans are. It should be coming up pretty quick. And obviously, if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, it goes a long way of helping me. It's one simple little click, and it just makes the channel um, that much bigger, and it pushes out to more people, and it creates a larger audience. So I'll put the link to our YouTube channel, as always, in the description of this podcast. And be sure to click on that. Obviously, if you haven't subscribed to this channel, the podcast channel yet, do that. We are everywhere. We're on Spotify. We are on Apple. We're on Anchor. We're on SoundCloud. Everywhere there's podcasts, you'll be able to find us. So make sure you subscribe. Leave us a comment. Let us know where you're listening from. It's always interesting. I love looking at the metrics on YouTube and the the podcast space. And there's people like listening from like California and Oregon and like Minneapolis and like I'm like I don't even know people there who's and and they're like regular watchers. Like I can see them uh, popping up almost every time we release new content. So let us know who you are if we haven't connected with you yet. I'm really interested to meet a lot of you and hear about your faith journey and your faith story. The one thing I do want to commit to a lot more this year is bringing in more people into what we're doing. Maybe it's not permanent fixtures, but just getting more, I hate the word testimony because it's so churchy, (laughs) even though it's totally a good usage of the word uh, biblically. I just, I, it just makes me feel yucky just because of like how I grew up and like, everybody's got a testimony and come up here, brother John, give us your testimony. Oh, I just hate the word. Uh, But we do want to bring in more people to share their story and uh, let us know, you know, how your faith journey is going, what your gripes are, what you're excited about, uh, and and what you hope to learn in the future. Um, we're all kind of going through this together. We're all learning together. I have not in any way arrived theologically. I think the one thing I tell this to my friends, to my wife, to everybody. I think the one thing that gives me a leg, leg up theologically is the fact that I'm constantly seeking it out. That's it. 
not smarter than anybody. I haven't been through more than anybody. I don't read my Bible any better than anybody else. It's just what I wake up in the morning. I'm excited to go deeper. Uh, when I go to bed at night, I'm excited to go deeper. And that's really what I'm hoping to give away. If I could impart anything to people, it's the excitement for understanding your Bible better, the excitement to understand who God is better so that we can actually take it implement it into our lives and live better lives. I mean, that's kind of the whole point of Christianity. Yes, we'll be under persecution. Yes, we're going to go through things. But I mean, Jesus said it pretty clear. He came to give life and life more abundantly. The cool thing about the gospel message from how I understand it now is that the life abundantly part isn't really based on your situations. It's not based on what's happening around you. It's based on what's happening inside of you. And I feel like a lot of Christians have lost that spark inside of them. Um, and I think good theology can be that thing that sparks people back to life and say, man, I just want to know more about Jesus. I want to know more about God. I want to know more about my Bible. And then the end game of that should be you understand you are more loved by God than you've ever been, and you love people better. That should really be the result of our faith journey, our Christian walk, is that we love people better and that we understand we are loved more and more every single day. And I think if you're accomplishing those two things every day in your faith journey, you're you're on a good track. You're you're heading in the right direction. So, do you have anything else before we close out? Um, I just I like I've never been a person to get really excited about the beginning of a new year. I know a lot of people get really excited and they're like it's a new like book, a new chapter, like they get really pumped about the new year and I've never I'm always just like, "Oh, like just keep going." But I think it's either the little older I get or just more the more we have planned like I th- I'm really excited for this year to see what what we can accomplish and when it's about to be 2022 and we look back and we're like okay like these were our goals or this is what we kind of wanted to do or what we really wanted to do what did we accomplish I'm, I'm excited I think it's going to be a really really tough <laughs> busy year um for me personally and me and for what we're trying to do I think we're gonna have to dig our heels in and really work, um, you know, to grow and, but I'm excited. Yeah. And I think what's interesting for me is we started this channel, this idea, October of last year, and it was literally me waking up at two or three in the morning. Cause that's when I do anything. <laughs> uh, my brain just works at that time of day. I don't know why time of night, whatever. Um, And I just set up a camera and a microphone and I was like, I'm just going to talk to the camera for like 10 minutes. And it was like 15 minutes because I can never talk for 10 minutes. Uh, And then it was just this idea of something new. Let's just try something different. We had just been burnt by that church. We were coming out of a season where we're like, what the heck are we going to do next? What is, how do we serve people and not be bogged down by this religious nonsense that we keep encountering almost everywhere we go? Uh, And it literally started with one video in the middle of October at 3 a.m., called something new. And then I'm like, well, maybe I can make more of these because it got a good response. So literally we started this in October last year without the intention of creating like a YouTube channel or a podcast and it just grew. And so it's really cool to see from October to now January, what it's grown into and knowing we haven't even really started yet. It just has kind of been falling into place. So I'm excited to see 
what some intentionality is going to look like in 2021 when mm-hmm. we put our our mind and our intention to this thing, uh, what it can grow into, and the people we can affect, and uh, the people we can help, and just the the relationships we're going to create, and you know. Uh, just the the borders, I feel like we're really going to push past. And that's really what excites me about Christianity is that I feel like the only borders in Christianity in your faith are the ones you create for yourself. So if you can just say, hey, maybe my church said this uh, and they said I could never do this or I'm not allowed to think this way or ask these type of questions. That's a man-made thing. That's a man-made problem. God's not doing that to you. Uh, and we can push past that. And typically... When you ask the hard questions, when you do the hard things, that's when you experience growth. Uh, if you're really intentional about seeking out truth, you know, um, and not just trying to be right, not just trying to form the status quo, but actually seeking truth no matter what the cost. And I think that's what I'm excited to see what 2021 looks like when we intentionally seek truth no matter what the cost. And we do it as a collective. It's not just me. It's not just me and my wife. Uh, it is you guys as well. Um Some of the best ideas I've had for videos this year have come from the comment section of our videos of people saying, hey, what about this? Hey, that was great, but did you know this? Um, So we do this as a collective. It is not a one-man show or a two-person show. It is is a group of people I'm hoping to connect with that we push this idea of leaving bad religion defenseless uh, and just seeing what this grows into and seeing what kind of impact we can have collectively uh, on the Christian American world and, and, you know, just go from there. So any final thoughts? No, that's it for me. Well, my wife finished her ice cream, I'm pretty sure, (laughs) right? Chocolate Extreme Blizzard with chocolate ice cream. That's her (laughs) go-to. I teeter between banana splits and strawberry shortcakes. Uh, I don't know why. I must say, I've never seen them make your banana splits so big. It, yeah, I had to put it away like halfway <laughs> through the podcast because it was just spilling everywhere. But uh, but yeah, so uh, I hope you guys, um, you know what? I'll, I'll say it. If you're somewhere where you can get some ice cream, get some ice cream, treat yourself. Don't worry about the extra pounds. Just just have a good, have a good day. Get a uh, get an iced coffee. Get an ice cream. Chill out. Uh, take a breath. Um, and I really hope your 2021 is better. Not because of the things that happen around you, because I can't promise that's going to get any better. I don't know what 2021 holds uh, globally or uh, politically or just I don't know. You know, aliens could come. Who who knows at this point what 2021? But I do know that I believe in a gospel. And I believe if you're listening, you believe in a gospel as well that says uh, it's what's on the inside is what matters the most. And so if you can push to a space where you understand who God is and you're growing in him and you're growing in your love for people, I would venture to say that if that's really growing in you every day, every week, every month of 2021, it doesn't really matter what 2021 throws at you. You're, you're going to have a good time this year. So I think if we can kind of reevaluate, refocus on, let's focus on the internal, what's happening on the inside of us versus all this chaos that's happening on the outside, we may see the internal influence the external and not the other way around. Because I think a lot of people live life that way. Mm-hmm. They want their external to influence. Well, if I could only make more money, if I could only have a better job, if, if I could only get another stimulus check, if I could, you know, if I could only whatever... They want their outside things to make them feel better on the inside. I'm proposing if we get stronger on the inside, the inside will start affecting what happens around us. You'll get that job because people want to be around you more and your boss likes you and there's something different about you. Um, or maybe you won't, but you'll be totally fine with it. You know. Uh, but I think that's that should be... I think that's the thing I really want to focus on in 2021, and that's the thing I want to encourage all of you to focus on in 2021. Let's 
see if we can get to a place where the internal starts to affect the external. Uh, that's all I got. Subscribe to the channel. Check us out. We got a lot of big news coming pretty quick. We're going to hit the ground running. Uh, we're looking for partners constantly to partner up with us in, in some of these goals we're trying to accomplish. You guys are awesome. And uh, yeah, we will see you next week.